My name's Dale Verne. I'm CEO for Fortune Bay Corp. We're an exploration and development company listed on the TSXV under the symbol FOR and in Frankfurt under the symbol 5QN. We focused in Saskatchewan where we have our Goldfields flagship asset that has a current mineral resource and recently announced a PEA with results expected in early Q4 of this year. On the doorstep of our Goldfields project, we also have two uranium exploration projects with the potential for high grades associated with the Athabasca Basin. We've brought those projects through geophysics and about to start drilling on those through the summer months. Lots ahead of us uh, in 2022 and we, we fully funded for all our activities. Good to see you here. Good to We've see you. We've not always. So it's, it's like we were trying to work out whether who'd be the tallest. You won. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, you're here for once one, you meet yeah. investors and so forth. Going well next door? Absolutely, yeah. A lot of investors there and a busy schedule. So it's yeah. really good to be there and, and meeting people in person for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they do a good event actually. Those yeah. Guys, so I like that. Hey, we spoke back in March. Okay. Yeah. Um, we 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 spoke about the uranium component. I kind of yeah. want to start off there. Okay. I, yeah. I like the uranium component for you, and I like it the, the broader thesis as well. So um, you're about to commence uh, work there. So yeah. what have you been doing uh, since we spoke in March that we, we find interesting? So on the uranium side, we've been doing um, geophysics. You know, right. our projects came with a lot of data sets, um, historical data sets, but mm. obviously we spotted like key opportunities to chase this Athabasca Basin model there. It hadn't done before. The area has a huge uranium endowment. Mm. So what we've been doing is um, through the winter months, we've been doing geophysics and uh, particularly gravity, ground right. gravity. And that's really useful because when Arrow deposit was found on next year, that was found on a gravity low on an EM conductor. Yeah. We have those EM conductors, so we were doing the gravity, and we announced some initial drill targets recently showing discrete yeah. gravity lows on those EM conductors. So we've now reached a point on our strike uranium project where we are about to start drilling. So we've generated some good targets there. On the other uranium project at Mermac, we did a VTEM survey mm. to get some modern EM data, and we're continuing gravity on that project through the early summer here, and are looking to drill that later in the summer. So we're t drill testing both projects through the summer. These are maiden drilling campaigns, so really excited to get started on uh, this. Absolutely, and you, you kind of timed the raise quite well. Because I think yeah. if, if people are going out now, there'd be calls of dilution and so forth and protests in the streets, I suspect. So that that's great. But have you adapted your thinking in terms of how you deploy that capital given the markets at the moment? Yeah, we, you know, we did a really good raise back in December. We raised um, almost $7 million, some of that in, in flow through and hard mm -hmm. dollars. So we're really well funded for this year and we developed a set of plans um, and we, we're following through those plans. You know, we have the cash to do that. And we, you know, we believe in, despite the current market over the last few weeks, certainly on the, you know, the uranium side, the fundamentals remain incredibly strong. And I think an explorer going out in the Athabasca today, coming up with a discovery, uh, is going to get a lot of market attention. For, for sure, for sure. But let's stick with the market stuff first, okay? Because you've got to have a view on what the market conditions are, are doing for you. And you, it's kind of complicated for you because you've got gold yeah. and you've got uranium. Yeah. And you're obviously a junior explorer, you know, that's a 20, 25 million uh, market cap level. So there's a lot of moving parts there yeah. in terms of how you approach deployment of capital. So you've said it's going to be business as usual. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, we believe some good results uh, through this year. You know, with the, the, the upside on the uranium drilling, 
Plus, we've got that PEA underway. That's a great yeah. backstop for us. We know that can deliver some good results. So we've got enough there that despite, you know, whichever commodity, how they perform through the year, we've got that optionality in the company and believe we have the ability to continue to raise money for 2023. Can I phrase this right? Because look, you... you, you Mexico didn't kind of pan out the way that you'd hoped, and it's you know, some some difficulties at local level there. And you said to me last time out, okay, we're going to look at what we do with that. There's some value there, sure, right? Yeah. But it's not going to be a focus for us right now. It wouldn't make sense for you, right? You you've kind of got the gold component, despite your Iranian background, you've got this gold component, mm. which is you know now going to launch into a kind of PEA uh, phase because you think that that could be a catalyst for you. So the market can recognize or put some economics to what it is that you've got. Yeah. Right. So what do you think that needs to look like? And what's the timing of the delivery of that? Uh, the PA early Q4. Okay. Uh, this year we're expecting results. Okay. And what, but what do you think it needs to look like? Well, I think it's got to, you know, there's a lot of junior projects out there in, yeah. in Canada, a lot of peers out there. And I think we, we've got to get, you know, to some of those levels to show, you know, where our market cap is just 20 million. Yeah. But bring it up to a level where we, we can show how much value there is in the project and work it up to, you know, to a much higher NPV than obviously the historical PFSs. Yeah. The historical PFS that was done at a much lower gold price. Okay, but to, to what ends, right? Because you've got your gold, you've got your uranium, and I'm thinking, of you guys with your uranium background and the blue chip all the way is is focus and focus on a commodity yeah. better than trying to be all things to all men or can, or can you manage both so what do you do with, what do you do with the gold project when you've done the PA so with the gold project you know we believe goldfields has what it needs to go the distance you know we're in a better price environment it's got infrastructure roads power it has a valid development permit in place so our job there is to really de-risk that you know through a PA where we're going to optimize the development path and then we will look toward a, a PFS and, and feasibility and toward a construction decision there you know we we at the stage of the project where we can certainly manage that and we have the the, the funds in place to manage that and obviously it's all given the results so we will treat that in a staged manner and continue to advance it. And because we've got an operational base set up in Uranium City, which services that gold project, mm. it's quite easy to to also do carry on with the Uranium exploration with our team. Okay, see, so, okay. I guess the agility of thinking in terms of, we'll see what, see what happens with the PEA, try and understand a little bit better and then we can work out what we do with it. But it sounds like you're quite keen to take through the phases, but that needs funding, right? I know you're fine for now. Yeah. But at some point, you, you need to go and raise capital. So the PA is going to have to do a job for you yeah. in terms of the market because you're already 85% retail, right? So yeah. you need to get them excited about the, the potential uh, yeah. there because gold price has been high. There's this kind of divergence between gold metal price yeah. equities across the board, not, not just yeah. not you guys, but across the board. Yeah. It, it gets expensive to raise capital for another project, which you may not like as much as the uranium project. So... Well, and that's, you know, part, part of the, well, the reasons for the PEA is really it allows us to optimize the development. You know, we don't have all the data to support a PFS yet in terms yeah. of where we want to take it. Um, and the PEA, given our market cap now, $20 million, we believe a, the PEA results have the ability to, to give us a tick in our share price and market cap, which will allow us to raise more money for a more expensive PFS. That will also require some additional data collection from drilling and metallurgy work. So we see the stage to post a sensible way to go and in terms of managing dilution for shareholders. Okay, but if I look at the market and the amount yeah. of companies putting out PEAs and they're sitting with 
yeah, a million ounces or so, yeah. whatever grade that you, you want to want to put against that, not getting the reaction that the management team expect. Yeah. I guess it's always always been thus a little bit, but um, if it doesn't deliver for you on that front in terms of reaction to yeah. the market, what are the options available to you? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a tough position to be in. We don't believe we'll be in that position. I mean, we, with the assets we have, both gold and uranium and where our market cap is, we, we see this unlocking value. You know, if you look at our peers in the space mm -hmm. and, and their projects, the NPV of, of PEAs and, and where they trade in terms of market cap, we think we've we've got a lot of upside there. Mm -hmm. So we like, we're going to put our heads down and, and do the best job possible with the PEA and, and deliver results. And it will really show the market in today's terms what the project's worth. And really, that's going to be a, a catalyst for the company. But isn't that the trouble with PAs? There's plus or minus 30%, 40%, whatever you want to put on it, right? It, it, the economics are so vague that it, there's no kind of, no, sorry, it's, it just shows what the project could be, right? Here's what it could be. Sure. Right? So that number would need to look like what to excite the market in your opinion? Is it a case of it needs to show scale or do the economics really matter at PEA stage? And I, I've got to come back to it. It's like, what, what do you do if it doesn't work out? And I know you think it will. Yeah. Everyone does, right? Yeah, sure. But you've got to have contingencies in place, plan B, C, D, and yeah. E, right? And um, is it a spin out? Is it a farm out? Is it a, well, we'll raise money at any cost because it won't matter further down the line yeah. if we can move through yeah. stages. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, those are, you know, spin out, farm out, you know, sale of the asset are, of course, options. You know, yeah. if, you, if we can deliver a PEA, which is going to show the value in today's terms, there, yeah. there could be some good options. We know there's gold miners uh, out there looking for new projects, especially in good jurisdictions. So mm -hmm. we believe that's... Uh, it will create some paths for us if we can deliver that PA, but we feel really important to get to that stage. You know, and obviously we don't have a crystal ball. We not we don't know what's going to happen long term, yeah. but that's what's nice being positioned the way we are, where we have that diversification, that optionality to to switch to uranium, where we'll be drilling this year, and with some good results from the drilling side, there could be an opportunity there for us to to focus more on should should the gold right. market take a, a turn for the worse. Right. Okay. Let's look at Uranium a bit, and then we yeah. can cross borders after that. Okay, okay. so Uranium, you, you team, great track record. We were talking about some of the stuff you're doing in Namibia um, pre previously, and um, Vision and and uh, Denison and yeah. so forth, right? So the track record is there. So the, the market institutions know you for that. You've got a well, nice little assets up, up, up here, right? You're going to start the process. Did you say next week? Was it next week? We're about to start drilling, yes. Right, okay, so that's exciting, right? Project, yeah. yeah. Um, your view of the market at the moment? Because again, it's one of those things like, sure, do I just hold back? Because this whole uranium thing, yeah. it went, it stopped, it went, and it stopped. And we're, you know, I know the price, spot price, which people yeah. look at, knows the number, you know, it's sort of regressed slightly. So how do you, how do you get the timing right of this thing? Why why is it okay to go now? Well, the you know the fundamentals for uranium are just so strong. Amazing, you, you but know. they have been for a long time. That's my point. Well, they have been. I think it's the market's only really really caught up to that more recently. But obviously, mm. things see things get quite heated. I'd say a bit overheated. You know, a few months back. Mm. But uh, those those fundamentals are still there, and I think the outlook for uranium is is very solid. And uh, you know we've got we've raised the funds to to get on with the drilling, and I think uh, some good intersections will will be great for the company. It's okay. you know I just see the uranium market now. It's probably a great buying opportunity for a lot of investors who didn't get in when the, the prices were a lot higher. Yeah. And uh, you know I've certainly been doing a bit of that myself. 
Yeah, yeah, as, as, as a way, I think, I think it's very exciting times. But um, so you've done all the kind of like surface work, we'll call it broadly. Um, you're going to invest how, how many dollars or how many meters are we you're going after? So uh, we've got the two projects, Strike and Moment. Yeah. We have budgeted an initial two and a half thousand meters at Strike. Oh, That's so in okay. eight to ten right. draw holes, and then about two thousand meters at Mermac in also eight holes. Now that that program is going to run through the summer. We're starting at Strike, then we'll move mm. to Mermac. It's going to be we're going to be flexible results. Mm. It's going to be driven by results. So if we get some good activity or, or some intersections on on a, a target area, we'll obviously yeah. perhaps continue with that. And that's the great thing about uranium. You don't need to wait for assays. You can get the real-time scintillometer data and yeah. uh, move forward on that. Right. And so give me the timing. Like you're working on the, the, the summer. Give me the timing. Is it going to be pre-PEA announcement that you're able to start putting this data out? Absolutely. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so throughout the summer, we should, you know, we'll have a hopefully a steady flow of news from our uranium drilling. And that's, yeah. as I mentioned, we can release scintillometer results with assays later. They'll be happening throughout the summer and then cap it off in the fall with a, a yeah. gold PEA. Yeah. Do you think people, people companies are getting the credit on the centimeter stuff? It's, it's great indication. And you guys in this industry get yeah. super excited about it. When I speak to you all, it's like, this This is, well, this is very synonymous with uh, what I saw elsewhere and yeah. a great success story. Market, like, I'm not quite sure what it means, but if they're excited, I should be excited. And then it kind of fades off a bit because yeah. the assays take a while to come through. And that, yeah. that's the confirmatory bit. That's right. Right? So, Again, how how do we how do we read into the what should we be looking? At? What's the important data that we need to get from you that we should be looking at to determine what success looks like? Yeah, well, the, you know, the assays are obviously the, the right. final confirmation of what is there, and it's going to give you the, the real grade. But right. the, the, you know, scintillometer prospects been around forever. A lot of a lot of deposits actually you can do a resource on equivalent uranium that's been yeah. done in the past but in terms of the, how those are measures companies differ between and how they do it i think things to look out is if you're getting high counts um you know certainly in the, the thousands up to you know you can get up to sixty thousand counts per second that's often where these meters sort of yeah. max out if you're getting those types of higher readings normally anything above ten thousand that that shows okay. there's some high grades around, and then looking at the description of the core, hopefully there's some photos in there. Mm. And the geos, you know, with the scintillometer and visual identification, you can normally see the uraninite. So that should give you an indication there's, there's something there. And, and then, of course, it is waiting for the assays. You know, you can go between different companies, see how they've reported it, look at their counts, but there's no, you, it, it's hard to benchmark exactly, but... Um, I know, but that's the difficulty with me, right? That, that, so I want to see right, come yeah. on here and go, right, we've drilled one hole, it's a discovery, okay? And yeah. I'm like going, how? Yeah. Okay, scintillometer data, it's a discovery. I'm like, so that was one extreme. Yeah. Okay, over here. And, and forget it, we'll, we'll pass over the fact that, you know, scintillometer, he seems to be in the last two years the way to report it. You see yeah. percentages in, in, from the assay. So it's, that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult for people new to, well, even people who are used to yeah. the you know, uranium space, but certainly for people who are not used to it, go, what the heck am I meant to? Look at and um, what does it mean? So ten thousand is the magic number as far as you're well, concerned. Well, you know, and, and I'm just saying based on the, the general counts people report, and yeah. you know, I followed those sort of things. But you got to, there's no there's no correlation between what that is and a grade. But that right. would normally indicate there's some higher grade, uh, you know, uh, mineralization okay. in the core. The other thing about scintillometers is they don't just, it's not just uranium. You can get high counts from both thorium and potassium too. Right. So companies should have 
yeah. a, a spectrometer, and that's often built into the, the scintillometer where you can actually do an equivalent uranium assay. It's not something people would report to something accurate, right. but it would basically just confirm that the source of the radioactivity is from uranium and not thorium and potassium. So you've got to be, that's something to watch out for. But um, you know, companies should have that tackled by through their QP and, and their disclosures. Okay, so um, are you in the um, area of um, one hole equals one discovery camp, or no, no? <laughs> okay, come on, you've got to strike a record here. So, how, how do you, how do you, why have you planned it this way? Ten and a half thousand meters and two thousand meters on on those assets. Why not go hard after one and really kind of get into it? Yeah, what's the what's the steps that you're on? Well, you know, we see potential on both projects, of course. Uh, they're they're yeah. you know, getting great drill targets out of both of them. So we see opportunity to, to potentially test both, mm-hmm. depending on the on, on the results. And at an early stage, it's also you know great to intersect mineralization, but sometimes you don't always get something on your first round of drilling. Mm-hmm. But it, what's important is to identify that you've got the right rock types, the graphite, you've got the structure, you perhaps see right. some alteration. So it's good to do this is the initial recce type drilling. Of course, we have some really nice targets to chase where there's mineralization nearby. We have the EM, we have the gravity signatures. So that's going to be a focus for us. Yeah. And obviously with some results there, we, we f- continue to drill there. So it's flexible. We're not, we're not going to just stick to the two and a half thousand, two thousand meters. We'll, we'll be driven by results. Um, okay. But we have in, the point is we have lots of targets to test. I mean, we've got 12 kilometers of strike length at our strike project, 12 kilometers of strike length at Mermac, and uh, just lots to do. So we, we, we're going to pick away at what we feel are the best initial targets to chase right. and uh, understand the geology better. Because I guess it's, it's, it, all data is good data. Even if you're not hitting, it tells you something. Of course. So it's not a waste of money or, or a failure in that sense. But given the the mass that you're sorry, the, the, the extent of what you're chasing. So why, why is the why is the EM the best way to identify or, or target it or find a, a target? And what's that, what does that do in terms of chance of success? That means that like any yeah. other thing? Yeah, so uranium is challenging. There's no direct method to detect uranium at depth. Yeah. So when you're exploring for Athabasca Basin deposits, you're looking for graphitic rocks. Those are the okay. favorable host rocks. Right. So how you find those graphitic rocks is you do EM because graphite's a conductor. So that maps okay. your favorable target horizon. The next challenge is where along that do you test? Now, if you're in the basin, You'd, sometimes there's almost just systematic testing along these conductors right. where we are gravity works really well. So that enables us to prioritize along the conductor and find the best possible targets at an early stage. Okay. That's interesting. So it's, it becomes more, it's just a, it's a systematic approach. I'm trying, I'm trying, 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 trying to say, well, if I, I understand how we people go hunting for precious metals and batch yeah. metals and so forth, but uranium has its own kind of code, as it were. Correct. Right. And, and do you find it's, it can be easier or is it more difficult? It's, it can be difficult, uh, you know, challenging, especially if, you know, exploring deep in the Athabasca yeah. Basin through a lot of sandstone and it's really yeah. led by the geophysics and then and drilling. Uh, so it's got its own, you know, it's got its own set of unique criteria. And, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with Denison Mines as their mm-hmm. BP exploration where we discovered two of these high-grade basement deposits, exactly what we're looking at for at Fortune Bay, and developed exploration models around those deposits, what to look for in terms of, you know, the, the, the graphitic rocks, the structure, yeah. the geochemistry, the alteration. Yeah. So, you know, with that knowledge, it's it, to apply it to what Fortune Bay has, you know, it gives you a good understanding of where to target and, and what to, to draw. Right. We often say, you know, we need all of the above. We need 
all the uranium we can find. Okay, so there's yeah. no, no competition, no favorite, no, no science or whatever. I've sort of spent time in Africa where you have worked. Yeah, yeah, you've worked on a few projects there. Um, what, what, what's the difference between the, those, and obviously it's lower grade in Africa and higher, higher grade yeah. in Athabasca, right? But in terms of the economics, what, is, what, is they, what can they end up looking like? Are they, are they comparable or is it because high grade always, is always going to win? Well, you know, high grade doesn't always win. And we see that there's lots of discoveries in the Athabasca Basin, which are still unmined today. And yeah. they, they're at high grades. And that's it's very challenging mining that you've got. If, you're sitting, if you've got an unconformity deposit, yeah. uh, you, above you is this sandstone. It's water saturated. Right. So you need freezing or complicated mining methods. If you don't have a really big deposit at those depths below that sandstone, very hard to put in production, despite yeah. the high grades. Right. Uh, Africa, you've got much lower grades, you know, orders of magnitude lower but yeah. yet there are mines there you know such as Rossing yeah. uh, you know um, uh, Lange Heinrich etc yeah. yeah. and there it's obviously open pitable cheaper mining methods etc what I like about what we have is we've, we in these basement rocks which are conventional which are amenable to conventional mining we can target high grade at shallow depths and with the potential to mine them through open pits or, or underground right. methods yeah. without having to deal with that sandstone. So they're, they're very sought after targets, uh, right. these basement hosted deposits that, that we're chasing. So you, you're still, because again, this is a debate between Canada, it can be difficult to get licenses and permits and yeah. all those sorts of things in First Nations and so forth. And Africa, a little bit easier, but as you say, it's got its own difficulty to see. You know, so it swings around about right? Yeah. Um, you have ended up in Canada out of choice, you weren't thinking, oh, I need, maybe Africa might be an easier bet for me, given my experience there, and being an African yourself. Yes. Um, but what, how did you make that decision? Well, my wife's Canadian. Okay, well, end, end of discussion, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Uh, no. Yeah, Canada, you know, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed my African experience exploring there, but yeah. Canada offers a, a lot of opportunities, you know, in the mining sector, of course, yeah. just the sheer number of juniors that are based there and the ability to raise capital yeah. on those exchanges and deploy them globally. Yeah. So I think, you know, there was a really good step for me in terms of where I wanted to go career-wise to um, move to Canada, get experience in a public company like Denison, mm. you know, cut my teeth with that Lundin group and then be able to branch out and do something with a smaller company like Fortune Bay where I see there's, you know, big upside. Okay. Um, here in London, at the ones one, so it's all, all great and swimming. Um, Given the kind of retail nature of, of, of your register, and yeah. that, are you starting to see, or are you starting to have more generalist conversations with, or sort of fun, conversations with generalist funds, institutional players, just trying to feel, feel out who's who of the zoo, as it were? Absolutely. You know, right. we, we've, you know, where we've come from as a company, we've, uh, it was really a small group that initially put money into Fortune Bay back in 2014, and then it was somewhat dormant. So we've come out of that. We've Some of the same shells have put new money in. We brought in some new shareholders when we raised in December, some of that with the interest in the uranium side. Mm. We're at a stage in the company where you're absolutely right. We're looking to chat more to our institutional funds and get them to know our story. And as yeah. we go forward with our projects, um, you know, be a source of, of capital for us. Okay. Well, good luck with the rest of the trip, okay? Good to see you. Um, stay in touch. I'd like to so maybe come on and get a little bit technical once some of this drilling uh, starts, starts coming through. Yeah, so I look, look forward to the next one and giving you an update then.